Good day, brothers and sisters. I thank God for this uh, time that uh, I was given the chance to speak to you again and uh, be sharing the Word of God and to be able to be used by God in this capacity. And uh, I'm happy and excited to see this place again. I think it's been like more than four months no, the last, the last time that we we were here having our uh, service, so I thank God for this wonderful opportunity again to see this this place, and I believe that one day we will be able to gather again together. For today, if we've been following our 2020 daily Bible reading plan, we are actually on the book of John, and it's on chapter 12. So we will use this as our text, taking uh, verses 1 to 11 for God's message today. Let's read it. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the pagans of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. Lastly, because of, on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you and honor you, Lord, for the reading of your word. Father, we ask, Lord, that you anoint me, Lord, as your speaker, O oh God, and every one of us, Lord, that uh, will receive, Lord, a new insight, a first revelation, Lord, from this passage, Lord, that we have just read, Father. And be with us, Lord, throughout this time that we will be looking at your word, Lord. We just want to honor you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This narrative that we've just read is just one of the several instances in the four Gospels, 
where Jesus had been anointed by a woman with an expensive oil or perfume. And if, we, if we're not that careful in reading them, we might get mixing them up. You know, because there are so much similarities of, on all these accounts. Though we know that some of them are parallel to what we have just read just now, particularly the one written in Matthew chapter 26 and in Mark chapter 14. But there are other accounts in Luke chapter 7 and even in chapter 10 that is really close to this particular narrative. So, as I've said, we, we need to be very careful in, you know, interpreting and understanding the fullness of this, the story behind this passage that we've just read. And uh, even Bible scholars have different views and interpretations on the similarities and probable coincidence of this uh, narrative. And there are two majority accepted anointings of Jesus done by a woman. And that's the first one was in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to 50. And this was actually, this happened actually during the start of Jesus' ministry. And where a certain Simon, the Pharisee, hosted a dinner in his home in Galilee. And there's a certain woman who is believed to be Mary Magdalene, who's there, who did anointing to Jesus. And the second is the parallel between that, uh, the one that I mentioned in Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13, and in Mark chapter 14, verses 3 to 9, and the one we have just read in John chapter 12, verse 1 to 8 which is our text for today, which happened actually in Simon the leper in Bethany. Though it's not said here in, in John chapter 12, but looking at the parallel, it was in Simon the leper's house in Bethany. But some says there are three, taking this text that we have now as the, the third instance where Jesus was anointed by a woman. But for us, we're taking it as a parallel to what was mentioned in Matthew 26 and in Mark, wherein it is believed that the one who first anointed Jesus was Mary Magdalene, another Mary. So there are Marys also. There are at least six Marys mentioned in the New Testament, and it's a common woman's name also during their time. Mary, the mother of Christ, Mary, mother of James, the wife of Alpheus, Mary, sister of Martha, and brother Lazarus, the one we're discussing today, Mary, the mother of John Mark, Mary, a Christian woman in Rome, and Mary Magdalene. At, and here, Jesus knew that he was already on his way to the cross within the few days the Passover. And, uh, you know, what uh, Jesus did, you know, this is his itinerary. He had planned this itinerary. He raised his friend from the tomb in Bethany. We, we heard of that story. He avoided the crowd through a frame. He went to a frame. 
and then he come back, relax and enjoy the fellowship of Bethany, and later face the agony of Gethsemane, and receive the shame and suffering of Calvary. To the passage that we've just read, uh, it tells us a historical narrative instance, which is actually, for us reading them, it's actually instructed, instructive, I mean, where we can learn about honoring Jesus. Especially in the situations that we are in right now, in the midst of this pandemic, COVID-19, though it seems that we have limited way of uh, pouring out our thanksgiving in honor to Jesus at the moment, but the truth is, truth is we actually have more. Now we can give more and, uh, you know, the best to Jesus during this pandemic moment. So I entitled our message for today, Honoring Jesus in Our Current Situation. When the year 2020 started, we heard a lot of inspiring messages and motivating you know, messages, both in the Christian and business world. We heard that the year 2020 represents a 2020 eyesight, meaning a clear vision, which made us excitedly looking forward for the things that would happen for the rest of the year. And that was exactly what we hoped for and prayed for to happen. Uh, without any hint of imagination that these things that is happening right now would happen. Now, we all know that uh, there already spread of this virus even before, during December 2019. And what we did expect that will, you know, happen, you know, to, to, to this extent. But this spread of the virus, you know, has caused many people to worry, to be anxious. But the truth is, it's really a 2020 vision. It's really a very clear vision for all of us. Why our eyes are being widely opened to the clear reality that that we are all vulnerable you know that this could all happen to us whether you are rich whether you are powerful you know whether you know you have all the resources to fight against it but it reveals to us a 2020 clear vision that we cannot do anything based on our own strength but we can only depend on God. No, we can only depend on the power of Jesus for us to overcome this current situation. And it is still possible that even in this current situation, we, we can honor, recognize the presence of the Lord Jesus in our individual lives. Is this still a valid or possible thing to do today? Honoring Jesus in our current situation? 
In this trying time, are we still able to see and honor His presence? Do we still recognize that He is with us? You know, millennials would answer this, OH. You know what OH means? Overheard. You know, or they will say, we've heard enough, whatever. Something like that. You know, and you know, even among believers who are experiencing, you know, the real effect of this current situations, we hear different OHs. Oh, you know, that express, expression, that exclamation. You know, when we're doubting that this is still possible, you hear, oh? <laughs> and if you're just releasing the pain being experienced, Oh, when we, we are being reminded of the hope we still have, oh, and, but we're, if we're excited to the fact that God is with us no matter where, no matter what, oh, we rejoice. And I would like to use that acronym, you know, that uh, OH, you know, as we discuss the three point. One things to ponder that I have here in in our discussion. Firstly, we need to recognize His presence in our homes. Because of this current situation, we spend much of our times, you know, in our own homes, especially during the circuit breakers or you know the lockdown in the Philippines. And we're thankful enough that now everything is being, you know, eased up a bit. But, you know, but still most of the things that we do are being done in our homes. We still work from home. We still attend church from home. So our homes became the busiest places in the world. But was there any room left for God to be honored? To let Jesus in and the Holy Spirit to move around. And we find instances in the gospel where Jesus, you know, had visited many homes. We find that Jesus visited the home of Peter, the home of Matthew, you know, the, the ruler's house, the Pharisee's house, the home of Zacchaeus, and several others. But it seems that the home of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus was very special to Jesus. As a matter of fact, in the middle of Jesus' ministry, he happened to visit the home of Martha and Mary once before. And uh, it is recorded actually by Luke and uh, but this is this prior to what we're discussing right now and I think this is the one that we are more familiar with you know the, the account you know, which we usually hear often the account where Martha was distracted you know by serving too much and Mary was just lying at the pit of Jesus listening to the Lord. 
And it's actually in, uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Amen. And based on our reading here, at the, the, our text for today, we will see there in verse 1 and 2, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Jesus, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha said, Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. There's a similarity to what, would, uh, what had happened when Jesus firstly visit, visited them in, a, in their home during the, the mid of uh, Jesus' ministry. And based on this reading, do you notice how comfortable Jesus was with his friends? And how welcome he was, you know, in the house of Simon the leper. Again, it's not said in this particular text that it was Simon the leper who owns the house, but if we look at the parallel, the parallel passages in Mark, again, Mark, 10, Mark 14 and Matthew 26, we, we can read there that it was Simon the leper who, who owns the house. For him, it was a place where he could relax in spite of the fact that he knew what he would be facing soon afterwards, you know. Uh, that's a normal, you know, expression that we always hear, you know, when we go to our friend's house, our relative's house, you know, they will say, feel at home, you know, and Jesus is very much, you know, feeling at home whenever, you know, he was with his friends, you know, the siblings, Martha, Mary, and, and Lazarus. And he went through a lot of chasing already and the Passover was getting nearer and nearer. So that's why he, he went to Bethany once again you know, to be able to relax and to enjoy the fellowship together with his friends that he has. He knew that his mission was about to be done and he needed some time to ease up you know, his weariness and this was the home in which he could have peaceful and serene moments in the presence of people whom he loved. He was the honored guest in the house of Martha, Mary, Lazarus, and Simon the leper. Sad to say that there are many so-called Christian homes wherein the Lord Jesus would not be that comfortable at all nowadays. Though with what were, what conversation we have at home, on what TV shows we watch, you know, and even the use of words and expressions, uh, display of attitudes, even in the books, magazines that we read, Hope, hoping that in our own homes, God, Jesus, you know, will be comfortable enough, you know, to be at our home if He happens to, to visit us. 
that we will not feel outsider when he visits he visit our home you know recognizing his presence in our homes means he is the master or lord of the place you know, so in our own homes you know we need if you want his presence to be in our homes we need to accept you know we need to declare that he is the master or lord of our own places and that he is comfortable with every activity inside just like what i said earlier you know honoring jesus in our home means he would feel comfortable watching with you no on your tv screens listening to what you listen to joining in your conversations and reading your magazines and books honoring jesus in your home means that his presence is always taken into account and you know he sees a family having proper individual roles meaning you know the relationship of husbands and wives you know honoring jesus in your home husbands means you treat your wife with the love she is due she is a gift from god to you and as your sister in the lord and as one in whom the spirit of god dwells you know you honor jesus in your home when you love her like you should and honoring jesus in your home wives means loving and respecting your husband as scripture teaches it does not mean being a doormat but instead being a partner suitably fit for his needs it means allowing him to be the spiritual leader oh, and following his lead take note following his lead it means showing him respect you know remember that uh, uh love and respect session that we have you know we're in teaching the husbands and wives you know that we the the love and respect that each and every one of us deserves so jesus will be comfortable you know in our homes if you know we follow this individual roles that we have in the family and also children honoring jesus in your home children means obeying your parents doing what they say without arguing it means giving them the respect they deserve after all take note of this they are god's representative in your lives you know the young people nowadays the millennials you know the way you know they live in their homes yes actually they are you know they make they can argue already with parents you know they they of course they have their own thoughts they have their own principles in life they're developing you know that adulthood in them so they are able to speak out what you know what they want to say you know then we understand you know that that's the you know the the mood of young people nowadays but 
the respect, you know, that love that your parents deserve, you know, should be given to them. Take note of what the, the last thing that I have said. Parents are God's representatives in your lives. And one day you will become parents also. And you will understand what you know, this means, being parents. Jesus was the welcome guest of honor in the house of Simon the leper. And we should honor him as well in our individual homes. There was one leading minister and religious writer in the United States in the late 1800 and early 1900. His name is Theodore Ledyard Tyler, and he said, Your heart is a house with many rooms. One apartment is decorated for the occupancy of pride. In another, one covetousness may keep its iron safe. On the walls of another, perhaps, sensuality has hung some pictures that if price enter, must be pulled down. Unbelief has chilled and darkened the whole house. Satan has a mortgage on the whole of it, and by and by will foreclose it. An enormous amount of sin has accumulated in every room and closet, but you have never had a house cleaning since you were born. To that dwelling place of sin, which may yet become a dwelling place of endless anguish, my loving Savior has come again. And he continued, If you will stop the turmoil of business or the noise of merriment long enough to listen, you will hear a marvelously sweet voice outside. Behold, I stand and knock. If thou wilt open this door, I will come in. Christ without means guilt. Christ within means pardon. Christ without means condemnation. But Christ within means salvation. Christ shut out means hell. Christ admitted is the first installment of heaven. You know, just like what Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. We see Jesus not an intruder, who will just come in and take over. He is someone who is respectful, a gentleman, a gentle God. You know, he knocks before he enters. And Jesus was the welcome guest of honor in the house of Simon the leper. He should be honored in our homes as well. And 
this text teaches us that we are to honor Jesus in our individual homes. Even, you know, in this current situation, you know, even that, uh, you know, we're experiencing this kind of situation, you know, we can honor Him in our homes. You know, but if we are going to honor Jesus in your home, you've got to honor Him from your heart. You've got to honor Him in our heart. And that's the second thing that I want you to see in our text. Number two, we recognize His presence from our hearts. Why from our hearts? Why not in our hearts? You know, the term from our hearts tells us, you know, that there's an accompanying action, reaction, or something that we have you know, to do. You know, and out of that, whatever is in our hearts, you know, it will come out naturally you know, on our actions and deeds. You know, just like what it says in one particular verse, wherein from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks out. You know, so whatever is in there, you know, it has to come out. And we have to, you know, have to recognize, you know, the Lord Jesus. You know, when we, whatever is in our hearts, will be given out you know, through our actions, through our deeds, you know, so that, you know, he'll be honored, he'll be glorified, you know, from, from this heart. In, in verse 2 and 3, we read that, you know, they gave him a dinner. And look at the, the underlined words. Martha served. Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. And Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled the fragrance of the perfume. Notice these verses carefully. Here we find three different people mentioned. You know, the siblings, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But if we, in fact, if we look at the, the parallel texts that we have in Matthew 26 and Matthew 14, we see there that, you know, it's mentioned that it was actually Simon the leper who owned the house. So, and it, it's believed, as I mentioned earlier, that you know, even among Bible scholars, that Simon the leper, you know, is he's either the, the husband of Martha or the father of these three siblings, and it is well accepted and well believed that Simon the leper is the father of the three siblings. And we can see there that he was the one who offered the dinner. You know, it was out of his thanksgiving. You know, take note. 
the term Simon the leper doesn't mean that he's still a leper. You know? He could be someone who has been healed through the ministry of Jesus. No, that he has been healed from the leprosy that he had. And now he's giving this dinner as a thanksgiving to Jesus. You know, and if he's really the father of Lazarus, thanking Jesus, know that he raised Lazarus from the dead. You know, and, you know, as a parent, as a father, you know, we're thankful if something, you know, has been done like that to us by, by the Lord Jesus. But let us see further, you know, what these three siblings had done. First, it says there, Martha served. And let's see the details of what Martha did, actually. For her, serving Jesus meant honoring Him. Let me go back to the other instance when Jesus firstly visited her home. We, we mentioned earlier, we have read, you know, in Luke chapter 10, that Martha had been so distracted with much serving. You know, but now that Jesus had visited them once again, we see how Martha had been changed. You know, serving Jesus meant honoring Him. So she was able to honor Jesus with, she, she still did the same thing, because no? that's what she's best at, you know, she served Jesus. And this is, this was what she loved to do, serving. And uh, we thank God that, uh, you know, for every one of us, we have our own expertise. We have our own, you know, things to, to say that we're good at, we're best at. You know, and this is what Mary used to, to do. And she loved it, loved doing it. And yes, this was what she knew best. She, she's best in cooking. She was best in serving, in preparing, in honoring visitors, not through the way she, she prepared food, you know, the house, opening the house, you know, welcoming the visitors. So this, is, this was what she knew best. No, it was her love language. No? This is how no, she had shown her love to Jesus. You know, it, it was you know, her expression you know, to Jesus that being you know, Jesus' friend, you know, she loved Jesus so much by doing this love language, you know, the, the very best that she could offer you know, in honoring the presence of her friend, her Savior, Jesus. It was a valid expression of love and devotion to, to Jesus. You know, for us, you know, we're some sort of, a, of like, you know, we're like Martha. We, we have our own expertise. We have things that we are good at, you know, and we're doing that. Like what we're doing here in the church. We have different ministries, you know, that we can serve with 
you know, with the talents that we have, you know, like singing, that's what we're good at, so we're, use, we're using singing, you know, playing music, you know, to express our honor, devotion, and worship to Jesus. And this is a valid expression, just like what Martha did. You know, her love language is serving, and it was a valid expression of love and devotion for Jesus. Let's look at what Lazarus, Lazarus did. He was one of those you know, reclining at the table in the presence of Jesus. You know, listening to Jesus and, you know, conver conversing with the, the rest of the disciples, you know, and hearing what Jesus is say, was saying, you know, in the midst of uh, that gathering. Take note, this is what Mary did the first time Jesus visited their home. You know, Mary, you just, she just listened at the feet of Jesus. In the same way that uh, Lazarus, you know, had, had done. He was just reclining with him at the table. No, he just, he just simply wanted to enjoy Jesus' presence. You know, and we are called to do that. You know, from time to time, you know, we need to have some quiet moment just listening to Jesus. You know, the, you know, devoting time and reading His Word and meditating on it. You know, and just, you know, listening to music and listening to what the Lord will say, you know, in His presence is, you know, somehow, you know, been relieved from all the stresses that we experience in this world by just listening to what Jesus says. And he wanted to fellowship with him. No, he, want, he wanted to interact with Jesus. Remember, he was raised from the dead. No, he was, this is his second chance, his second opportunity to fellowship with Jesus. And we all know that eventually, you know, Jesus will leave them. They, don't, they didn't know that Jesus would somehow leave them. But Jesus knew, you know, and Jesus had given them the opportunity, you know, to have fellowship with him. And they are there, they are his close friends. That's why, you know, he would spend, you know, this moment. Actually, Passover was about to, to come, you know, when they enjoy meal together, you know, the fellowship with one another. And, you know, Jesus... You know, feeling that they were so special for him being his close friends. Or he even treated them as part of his family. Of course, like us, now during when holiday, you know, is about to come, you know, we always think of, you know, going back, visiting our loved ones visiting our friends, you know, for they are special to us. Oh, and that's why we don't want to lose, lose moments wherein, you know, we enjoy the food together, fellowship together with the loved ones, the friends that we have. So, he just wanted to fellowship with Jesus. And he wanted to enjoy every minute he had with the Master. Oh, Jesus was not just a friend 
to Him. Now we recognize that Jesus was His, His Master. You know, He is a follower of Jesus. He is a disciple of Jesus. So He just wanted that every minute He listens to the instructions, you know, to the guidelines that His Master is giving to Him. And it was His way of giving thanks to His friend, no for restoring Him from the dead. Diba? Kung sa ating mangyayari yung ganun, you know, definitely, you know, it's really a big moment, a chance for us, you know, that has been given. So, we really have to honor the one who restored us from the dead. And that's why we're thankful to Jesus. You know, being born again, you know, is an experience. You know, that Jesus had raised us from the dead. And now is given a life, a new life, a, a new chance, you know, so that we'll be able to give whatever our Restorer has given us, you know, to honor Him, to recognize His presence in our homes and even from our heart. You know, the honor, the recognition that He deserves. And it was again a valid expression of love and devotion for Jesus. You know, being in His presence, serving Him, you know, even nowadays, that's what we do. You know, to honor and recognize God in our lives. We serve Him. We listen to Him. You know, but Jesus has said it one time, you know, that one thing is needed. One thing is essential of necessity and that is listening to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus honored what Martha did but he was distracted (laughs) with all of these servings that she did. But she said that what Mary has done you know, is you know, something that you know, really honors him. You know, that really, you know, Jesus likes. You know, and that is sitting, listening to him. So that's why for us, you no, know, we've been serving Jesus. And in this church, we've been taught. Not, we're not just, you know, allowed to just serve and that's it. You know, serving Jesus, you, you must, you know, listen to Jesus as well. You must listen you know, must learn from His Word, you know, you must, you know, develop, you know, and root your faith, you know, out of His Word, learning more from Jesus. That's why we're doing our very best, you know, that we're not just to, to serve and that's it. With the talents that we have, that's enough. You know, it's not. We really need to sit down and listen to our Lord Jesus. Meditate on His Word, pray, you know, and out of that written word that we read, you know, the living word comes out. Living in the sense that this will change our lives. You know, this will make an impact, you know, in our human lives. So, take note of that. Serve, you know, honoring God 
you know, recognizing his presence in our homes. You know, we really need also to recognize him from our hearts. You know, and listening, you know, to his spirit, listening to his word, applying it in our lives, you know, is something that honors Jesus the most. Something that, you know, makes Jesus really feel, you know, a guest of honor in our individual lives. And the third one, we read that Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. At one point, you know, what Mary did was she just sat at the feet of Jesus listening to her. And it's, it's already a valid expression of her worship. But here we can you know, we can see that you know Mary did something to level up. You know his love, her love, you know her devotion and worship to to Jesus. You no, know, without knowing that yeah Jesus would lead them soon, but he just wanted to ex- not to express you know what she could give best to her master, the Lord Jesus Christ. So he leveled, she leveled up her faith. She leveled up, you know, the, the things that he could do, you know, just to honor and give glory, give praises to her master. You know, moved with love for the Savior, she wanted to demonstrate her devotion in a more dramatic way. You know, she, the, the possible expression that she has, you know, she would like to, to do it, you know, for the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's why if we look at the first instance where a certain Simon and a, a certain Mary had been mentioned in Luke chapter 7, she did the same thing, you know, and it was believed that it was Mary Magdalene. You know, she... She used her hair to to wipe the feet of Jesus, and she anointed, you know, it with the precious oil or ointment. And she was led to go way beyond what others had done. No, everything that she would like to do for Jesus. You know, it's something unique, something in un- unique and natural, you know, which was not given yet, you know, to the master. You know, you, she wants to offer something that she could do na hindi pa niya nagawa ever since to Jesus. And he wants it to be really a special moment for her master. She gave her best to Jesus. What's her best? This flask of ointment or this in other parallel it was mentioned as this alabaster jar that she has you know containing this uh, special you know expensive ointment you know is is her best. You know it's, it's one of her 
probably best possessions. And you know, alabaster, it is just this stone. Alabaster is a type of stone, an expensive stone. You know, it's a, a translucent stone, you know, with a very nice grain. You know, being a hotel designer, we always use this, you know, as a special elements, special feature in, you know, the hotels that uh, we used to design. Because this stone alone, the stone alone, you know, we, we could see that it's really a very expensive and very special. But what Mary did, she broke it. She broke it, you know, just to use the ointment, that expensive ointment that she has, you know, to honor, to glorify, to wipe it. You know, to wipe the feet of Jesus. You, you see, sometimes we really need to express our worship, our devotion, you know, our honor to Jesus, you know, by, you know, giving, you know, what's best for us. You know? And David has mentioned that, that I won't give anything that costs me nothing. You know, everything that he wanted to give to God is something that cost him something. You know, and that's what God requires even from us today. You know, we give him something, not just yung tira-tira. You know, not just yung excess. You know, but God wants us to give him our very best. That, that's what actually his commandment says. You know, we love him with all our heart, all. 100%. Our hearts, our strength, you know, our being, that's what God really requires for us. And Mary gave her best. Mary gave her 100% to Jesus. And he was willing, she was willing to humble herself in order to honor Jesus. Was willing to humble herself. You know, Weeping, kissing the feet of Jesus is one thing. Especially, you know, the way the Jews were being raised up. But lowering your hair, you know, and using it to wipe the feet of Jesus is another thing. You know, it's really a humbling expression. You know, that you, you she didn't care of what people would say. She didn't, you know, care oh, what might happen after that. You know, as if she'd given, you know, she lowered herself so much, you know, by lowering her hair and use it to wipe Jesus' feet. No, she was really willing and the Lord Jesus Christ has seen that in her heart, 100%, that she was really willing to humble Herself. And this is, you know, a, a real valid expression of her love, devotion, and worship to, to Jesus. And she worshiped despite of criticism. Remember what Judas said? You know, dapat daw hindi na binasag yung, yung mahamahaling oil na yun. No? And he even knew 
the cost of this expensive oil. You know, it costs 300 denarii. You know, how much is 300 denarii? It's a one month salary. No, the worker during that time. But in spite of this criticism, and I'm sure now with the presence of the other disciples, you know, there, there were so many things you know, that uh, she could have heard. You know, but despite of all this criticism, you know, she did it because this is her expression of her love and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. She worshiped despite criticism. And take note of this. The scent, no, it was written there for a purpose. It was not just written there for anything else, but it's, there's a purpose. Why it's mentioned that the scent, the odor, filled the room. You know, if we do something that we've given our very best, no, to the Lord. It's contagious. You know? Contagious in a sense, you know, that it will also affect the lives of people. I think the best way to, to explain that more is what's happening right now. How COVID-19 is contagious. You know, this virus is contagious. That's why we're really protecting ourselves. Because if we're not that careful, we might, you know, get this uh, virus as well. But we're looking at, you know, the other side of it, the positive side of it, wherein the scent and odor of this perfume must fill the room. You know, it, everyone, you know, was able, you know, to smell the scent and odor of this expensive oil that Mary had poured out. And definitely, no, it had affected, somehow changed the perspective of the disciples who were there, Judas, hopefully, you know, but uh, we all know what happened to Judas afterwards. But, you know, somehow, you know, they've seen, you know, the, the reality of Mary's heart, wherein she had given everything. She lowered everything, in spite of the the critics around him, around her. You know, she did it all for the Lord Jesus Christ. The the ointment got into everything. You no, know, it saturated her hair. You no, know, it filled the house with a sweet aroma. And that's what, that's what true worship does. It leaves an indelible scent on us, on you, and one, every, everyone around us. You know, that, that's why we, you know, the life that we have should be someone, something like, you know, a scent, an aroma. You know, that's what mentioned you know, in the book that uh, David wrote, you know, in the Psalms wherein, you know, the, whatever he does, he wants it to be a sweet-smelling aroma, you know, to the presence of our God. And that's what had happened also 
here, you know, in this gathering with Mary. People, when you're in love with Jesus, the aroma of that love, of that reverence, of that fellowship bleeds out all around you. Even as the aroma filled the house where Jesus was, it will fill the place wherever you are. You smell something, and even you're not already there in the place where it happened, you, you can still smell. You can still feel you know, the effect of that aroma that's sent in us. Have you tried eating durian? Sometimes even it's already hours that have already passed. You know, but you can still smell no, within yourself, you know, the especially the beauty guy, you can still, yeah, you still, the, the, that scent, that taste, you know, still there. You know, so that's, you know, an expression, based on our expression of our love to Jesus, that we don't mind sharing the expensive things that we have, sharing, you know, the treasures that we have, just to honor and recognize the presence of our Lord. We must honor Jesus from our hearts. And finally, notice that we are to honor Jesus when we can. So, we need to recognize His presence, lastly, in opportunities at hand. Opportunities at hand. We have seen what Mary did for Jesus. She gave her best. She humbled herself. She was criticized but didn't mind because she knew this was yet another instance with him, a special moment and an opportunity to level up. You know, her way of honoring, glorifying, you know, Jesus in, in her life. In verses 7 and 8, it says there, Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. You know, Jesus, you know, he was not against the poor. We all know that. You know, but at this very particular opportunity, instance, you know, he said to leave what Mary was doing. You know, he's doing it, preparing for my burial. And she's doing it out of her worship. If we look at verse 4 and 5 actually, Jesus Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to that, to what was put into it. You see, we are to honor Jesus recognize His presence, you know, in opportunities at hand. 
Looking at the other hand, here, Judas was trying not to have an opportunity as well, you know, to do what his intention was. He was a thief. You know, it was his intention to somehow get something out of what he is doing. So he was with Jesus. He's trying to make, you know, create an opportunity so he will be able to do his own thing. He knows the price of this ointment, this expensive ointment. Because that's, his mind has been focused to those kind of things. You know, there's something that will, uh, he has an opportunity to earn. You know, out of his greed, out of his, you know, intention. You know, he, he, he has to know how much a thing costs, you know, how much this costs. You know, sometimes we are like that. You know, we know the price of everything around us. That's why if we have something with this kind of brand, oh, we know, oh, that's expensive. You know, we're like that. But I'm not saying that, you know, we're doing like what Judas has. He was looking for an opportunity as well. No, but something out of greed, out of selfishness, no, something no, that he can you know, overtake people, something that uh, either cost others you know, to be that's what his intention was. But here, we want to recognize the presence of God you know, in opportunities at hand wherein you know, we could honor Him, glorify Him. Not out of selfish, you know, motives, but something that we could, you know, we know that Jesus could be honored with. And actually, this particular text, you know, is only from verse 1 to 8. Now, that's the text actually that we have, but I purposely included 9, 10, and 11 for us to see other opportunities that, that people, you know, were looking at. Let's read it. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. You see, people were looking at opportunities. They've heard that uh, someone has been raised from the dead. So that's why when they, they learned that Jesus was there at the house of, of Mary and Martha, you know, Lazarus was there as well. So, you know, they, they were looking at this opportunity to see the, whether it's true or not. No, they will want to see, they want to take that opportunity to see that Lazarus was really raised by Jesus from the dead. And look at verse 10. The chief priests, who were supposed to be, 
spiritual leaders, you know, who are supposed to be to lead people to do good things. What they did here is is mentioned. They made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. So, if you are a spiritual leader, you know, and you, you're teaching about God, you know, you're, you're claiming that you're a servant of God, would you do such thing? Would you plot death to someone? They were plotting to kill Jesus. And now, here's another one. They wanted to plot death to Lazarus. Bible scholars believe that these chipways are actually Sadducees. You know the, the two groups, Pharisees and Sadducees? And they had one of the major beliefs you know, that they are against with each other is these Sadducees, they don't believe in resurrection. So that means this is a blow to their faith. This is a blow to what they believe in. You know, someone has been resurrected. Someone has been raised from the dead. So, you see, even they know that they're supposed to be servants of God and they don't want to tarnish their belief, they wanted to kill Lazarus. No, they wanted to kill Lazarus again. They want to put Lazarus to death again. No matter what. Now, in the, in the last verse, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Praise God. But they are like Thomas, actually. No? They believe on what they see. For them to see is to believe. And so they were just like mga Uzi. <laughs> we all know. Ano ibig sabihin nun? You know? They just want to really see it in reality, in person. Before they believe. But thank God, kahit ganon, no, they believe in the Lord Jesus. When we honor His presence, no, especially for us in this uncertain time, the rare opportunities happen spiritually. First, there's an opportunity no, this situation, uncertain situation, has given us the opportunity to be still. You know, but to keep trust in God. To keep allowing God to move you know, in our lives, in these situations. Our money can do anything. Our power, our connections, our education could not do anything. But the only thing you can do is to be still in the presence of God and trust Him in, you know, in the situations that we are in right now. And it has given us also the opportunity to rediscover ourselves. You know, because we're not doing much, most of us, we're not doing much, much but others are actually doing more, you know, during this uh, situation. Uh, but we were able to do other things. Uh, we were able to rediscover our hidden talents. Uh, some were able to, you know, the, the, their talents in cooking, 
No, their talents in painting, their talents in, you know, in, in many things. So this, this situation has given us opportunity to rediscover ourselves. And it has given also the opportunity to reconnect to people. You know, being a family, busy, at work, busy, on their studies, the siblings, the children, you know, busy on our own things, you no, know, especially during the, the circuit breaker, God has given us an opportunity to reconnect to our loved ones, you know, to our husband and wives, to our children, to our siblings, you know, and we were able to mingle with them, you know, in our, you know, in our former situations, we only meet them at night time. You know, sometimes we don't, we come back home, nakakain na, you know, we're not having dinner together even. But this uncertain time has given us the opportunity to reconnect to our loved ones. You know, it has given us time also to call our loved ones back home in the Philippines or in other places. Even our friends. You know, able, able to say hi, kumusta ka na? Anong kumusta ang sitwasyon nyo? Are you still okay? You know, are you protected no, against this virus? So we're able to reconnect to people. And we are able to refine our faith in God. Yeah? We have given so much time to sit down, evaluate our faith, evaluate our condition and situations with God. You know, we're given more time to read the Bible, more time to pray, more time, you know, to meditate on what God wants in our lives. And it has given us the opportunity to reflect God in our lives. You know, know more about Him. You know, see Him face to face through our actions, through our own, our very own lives. And I remember one old song actually that says everything now that these things are already are all mentioned in that particular song. You know the song In Your Presence. In your presence, in your presence there is peace. Peace within to be still. No peace with other people. We're able to reconnect people. And it says furthermore in that song, in your presence, in your presence, there is joy. You know, we're discovering our own selves with the, the things that we are good at. No, it gives us joy. You know? It, it's, it was, it's our masterpiece. You know, we've done something based on, you know, what we're best at. So it gives us joy, and the song goes in, I will linger, I will stay in your presence. An opportunity you know, to refine our faith in God. You know, an opportunity to linger more and more in the presence of God. And the last part says, day by day, till your likeness may be seen in me. The opportunity to reflect God in our lives. Ephesians 5, 15 to 17 says, So be careful how you live, 
Don't live like ignorant people, but like wise people. Make good use of every, every opportunity you have because these are the evil days. Don't be fools then, but try to find out what the Lord wants you. In ESB, it says making the best use of the time. Yes, God has given us making use of the best of our times during the circuit breaker or lockdown. And even up to now, you know, learn how to make use of every time that we have. But I like what is said more in the CEB, the Common English Version Bible. It says, so be careful to live your life wisely, not foolishly. Take advantage of every opportunity because these are evil times. So we're not taking advantage of opportunities just like what the Sadducees, chief priests, these people, this Judas, you know, has done, but take advantage of this opportunity to be able to honor, recognize God's presence in our lives, our homes, even in our lives. Just like Mary who took advantage of the opportunity, she had to level up her love, devotion, and worship for Jesus. We should take advantage too, you know, of whatever situations that we are in. You know, it might look negatively saiba, but for us, make use of this time. You know, to think positively, make use of this time for us to be able to honor, give the very best to our Lord, you know, while waiting that for everything to be to go back to normal. But they said that everything will not go back to that normal that we're looking at anymore. There's a, already a new normal, you know, something that uh, we look forward. That even in the the side of businesses, you know, they're they're actually looking at you know a different way of running these businesses. And I'm sure even in our own ways, in our own, you know, daily chores and, you know, our routines, you know, it won't go back anymore to the way we used to be, used to do. But, you know, we will be very careful in whatever we do and take advantage of these opportunities because the days are really evil, you know, to... Let's keep honoring and thanking God. And there's an opportunity that you know, we want us to look at at this moment. When Jesus said in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. He is our only hope. Especially in this current situation, He is our peace. He is our strength. And He's knocking in our hearts right now. And don't miss this opportunity. If you happen to be sitting there at your home and watching this preaching, and you know that you don't have a personal relationship yet 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have, you know, an intimate relationship with God. God made this an opportunity for you. This is the right time, this is the right moment that you need God. You need the Lord Jesus Christ to be accepted in your lives. Especially in the situations that we cannot do anything but to rely on what God can do in our lives. So if you, you're there and you want to have that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, please follow this prayer from your heart and speak it aloud. Say it with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And if you pray that prayer, that's the starting point that you can experience heaven, that you can experience the nearness of God, you know, in your lives, you know, even in this current situation, in this pandemic. And if you have a way to let us know that you pray that prayer, please do so. Or we would like to be, to have an opportunity as well to walk with you in this uh, newfound relationship with God. To conclude, binding together these historical narrative instances, it gives us a pool of characters that are present even in our modern days. The way they live, the way they work, the way they reacted in the presence of Jesus, showed us a very close similarity of what people are today. Jesus was correct when he said from the text that the poor will always be with you. Life will always be like this if there's no change of heart among the people. Aside from Jesus in the story, those who had given him a chance to have an intimate relationship with a space in their hearts were the ones who received changes in their lives. Like Simon the Lover, who once had the leprosy, but now he was healed. And we believe that it was Jesus who healed him. Martha, who had been distracted so much by serving, especially seeing Mary that uh, she wasn't helping her, was changed to, you know, a faithful woman wherein what she's best at, her love language, she's doing it for Jesus without any more complaints. Lazarus, who had been raised from the dead, he was so thankful 
That's why he wants, he wanted to, you know, ex experience, you know, the, you know, the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Mary, we all know how Mary wanted to honor Jesus by listening at His feet. But she wanted to level up her love and devotion for Him. He was not just contented to be listener, but she gave her treasure, her very best to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what is, that stands out actually, what Mary did. She didn't have any reservation. She gave her 100% devotion and love to Jesus. No, on every detail of what she did gives glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. God sometimes allows us to be in this circuit breaker mood. Though, yeah, everything uh, started to ease up now. But God allowed that to happen in our individual lives so that, you know, we have time to realign our spiritual lives to Him. If we really want to honor Jesus in every part of our lives, we need to recognize His presence in every aspect, in every dimension of our lives, in our homes, you know, in our hearts, in every opportunity that we have for God. Do it for the glory and honor of Him. We need, we need to do it 100%. You know, in Revelation 3, 16, it says that, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out, out of my mouth. What God requires from us is 100% from our hearts. It's our hearts that He took. He looks on rather than our outward actions. That's what He sees when Mary gave her best. It's our hearts that God wants to honor Him on top of all the things that we like to do for Him on our own terms. As the heart is totally surrendered to Him, its desires become His. It becomes bigger and bigger which leads to give plenty of rooms, not just for oneself, but for everyone who needs space. That's the heart of Jesus. A heart for everyone. Yes, Lord. We want to honor you. We want to recognize, Lord, your presence in every part, in every aspect of our lives, Lord. We want to offer our hearts, O God. Live in our hearts, O God. Saturate this with your presence, O God. Make this available, not just for our own selves, but for others, O God. Hallelujah. Make it 
make your heart God. Hallelujah. Let it pump, Lord, that like what your heart pumps with, oh God. We want to honor you, glorify you, Lord. Not just in our actions, but from our hearts, oh God. Father, we just want to thank you again, Lord, for this message. Father, even as we leave, Lord, the sanctuary of God, and even those who are just staying at home, Father, may you continue to bless them, Lord, in every aspect of their lives. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this message, and allow me to lead you into this benediction. Let's all receive this. Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be a glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, everyone, and have a good week ahead. Thank you.